Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Rome wasn't built in a day, and neither was the clay court game of Daniil Medvedev. What started as total disdain for the dirt has turned into an absolute dream. Medvedev rules Rome and takes his first clay court title. The Russian had never won a match at the Foro Italico before this year, and now has his name among the all-time greats to raise the trophy in the Italian capital. Straight sets over Holger Runa. What a performance. There is the Hall of Famer, Andy Roddick. I'm Steve Weisman. We've got the Hall of Famer, two-time Italian Open champion, Jim Courier, to break down this match and much, much more. We will hear from both players in the trophy ceremony. Do not worry about that. Plus, Prakash will have an extra interview with the champ, Daniil Medvedev. A lot to get to nice. here on TC Live. But, Andy, your initial thoughts on Medvedev getting his first clay court title. It's just crazy to, to think that this would be a reality if you turn back the clock three weeks ago. He had what we thought was a really good uh, run in Monte Carlo to the quarters, but then got run out by Holger Rune pretty convincingly. What, three and four or four and three in Madrid, played pretty well, uh, but then took the loss uh, there to Karatsev as well. Karatsev kind of went through him in straight sets, so improvement, but it was all based in the shadow of Medvedev on other surfaces. Now there's the, the shadow is getting a lot smaller. Uh, to come in here and win a Masters 1000 against Tsitsipas, against Runa, to put together those wins uh, in, a, in a cold, wet, gross, rainy-type week to really, really had to grind through it, just super impressive and not something that I would have predicted three weeks ago. We have to stop underestimating Daniil Medvedev. Oh, the guy's a fighter. You know, clearly he knows how to win. He knows how to get, uh, get out there and make things difficult for players, and he's just not the guy you want to see if, if anything is bothering you at all. We don't know if Ogaruna is as I suspect he, he was, uh, was playing a little fatigued today and didn't quite have the, the legs and lungs to stay in there for the longer rallies. But uh, he certainly made some odd choices, did Holger Rune. A lot, lot more serve and volley than we've come to expect from him. A lot more early drop shots, a lot more unforced errors. But that's also the pressure and the aura that Medvedev brings. And when Medvedev's improved his movement and he's enjoying playing in those clammy conditions on that court, it's not quite as slippery as some of the other clays played on. Medvedev was a handful. It was just too much for him to handle. Andy, how did you see it go down? How did Medvedev win this match? He just d did what Medvedev does. Doesn't miss second serve returns. Baits you into attacking from places you don't want to. Is never, ever, ever rushed. You, can, you can't really go through him with pace. You have to go kind of around him. You have to kind of do the two or three shot combo into aggression. It's not just one pot shot. Uh, that's going to get it done against him. Uh, he served great, moved a lot better. It seemed like he was more convinced uh, more convinced of a game plan. Uh, today, he kind of sat back and played a, a little bit more of what we see from him on the hard courts, right? Played possum and let Runa punch himself out a little bit. Uh, throughout the course of uh, the last couple of weeks, he's been mixing up that drop shot on the backhand side. He's been coming in a little bit more. He's been driving that back into the line. And the one thing that doesn't get talked about enough, and Jim and I were actually t texting about it, a couple days ago, he can open up the shoulders on the forehand now. 
it used to be kind of a, a, a consistent shot where he'd use it to kind of change directions to get the pattern that he wants. He can open up the shoulders and actually create some speed on the forehand side now, especially in slow, muddy conditions. To actually go through the court with some forehands this week was, was really, really impressive. All right, let's head back out to Rome and check in with the trophy ceremony. Here's Holger Runa. Yeah, good evening, everybody. Um, first of all, I want to say congrats to Daniel. You know, you played uh, amazing this season and winning your first title on clay as well. Very, very well done. So congrats to you and your team. Well. Congratulo Daniel per il suo primo tati, grande titolo sulla terra. Quindi complimenti. Yeah, and then I want to say thank you to my team, to you know Patrick, to Mike, to to Lapo, my mom, Philippe, and you know everybody supporting at home for for giving me you know the support that that I need. And uh, yeah, thank you so much, guys. Grazie al mio team. Senza di voi non potrei fare quello che ho fatto. Quindi anche mia mamma, la mia famiglia e Patrick, il mio allenatore. And then it's uh, it's been an amazing week for me here in Rome. You know, I, I really enjoyed it. I love the, the Italian vibe, the food, the people, so everything is amazing. È innamorato dell'Italia, è stata una settimana incredibile. Mi piacciono le vibrazioni, mi piace la gente, mi piace ovviamente il cibo. And last, uh, thank you. Last but not least, I want to say thanks to the crowd as well. It's been uh, energetic the whole week, you know, it's been super fun to play in front of you guys and uh, I can't wait for next year. Grazie mille, thank you. È stata una, una bellissima settimana, molto energetica. E ovviamente non vedo l'ora di tornare l'anno prossimo. Signore e signori, ancora un grande applauso, Holger Rune. Diego, ci siamo. È il momento di chiamare qui il campione degli internazionali BNL d'Italia 2023, Daniel Medvedev. Holger, your second, uh, second final. I know uh, we always want more. So in your career, you're going to have some defeats, some victories, but uh, you're an amazing player. You have a long career ahead of you, and I'm sure you're going to win uh, more uh, Master Thousand. So it was a, was a pleasure to share the final with you and uh, your team, Patrick Great Academy. Thanks a lot <laughs> for having me there. Uh, yeah, and good luck later, guys, and definitely yeah, enjoy, enjoy practicing and playing with you. Congratulo Holger per questa seconda finale importante dopo quella di Monte Carlo. Hai fatto una grande settimana, sei giovane, il tuo futuro sarà sicuramente pieno di vittorie nei Master Ville e ovviamente il tuo team Patrick e grazie anche di avermi tenuto in accademia da te per qualche tempo. Uh, then I want to thank my team, Jill Dasha, who were here with me. Eric was here with me a little bit but didn't, didn't stay till the end. Uh, I mean, uh, 
who would have thought that uh, I would be standing here? I, I honestly didn't. I know I don't know about you guys, but I honestly didn't uh, didn't think so. But it happened. Uh, I'm really happy. Thanks uh, for uh, for helping me uh, throughout. Uh, yeah, reach uh, reach the heights of my career and uh, let's go for much more. And also thanks a lot to to everyone who is watching, helping me at home, my family, my friends, my team. You're all uh, really special to me and uh, I enjoy it every day. Ringrazio il suo team. Ovviamente c'è Gilles e Dasha lì nel box, ma ci sono tante persone a casa, la sua famiglia. Chi avrebbe detto che sarei stato qui come vincitore di questo torneo? Io no, ma forse voi sì, mi avete dato il grande supporto per poterlo fare. I have to say thanks to Carlos, I don't see him because I actually thought the last ball was in and it was out by far. So thank you Carlos, I don't see him but yeah, thanks a lot. Non lo vedo ma lo ringrazio perché pensavo che l'ultima palla fosse dentro, quindi ringrazio anche Carlos. Otherwise I would continue the point and that would be Avrei continuato a giocare il punto, quindi eravamo ancora qui a giocare. Uh, then uh, thanks, thanks to uh, every sponsor, uh, Paolo, Sergio, for, for making an amazing event. I'm sure it was uh, maybe the two toughest weeks of your life with uh, all the rain and uh, probably when it's raining, uh, delayed, uh, you get a lot of uh, mess, mess to, to clean. So uh, thanks a lot, guys. Uh, if not this tournament, I would, again, I would not win a Masters 1000, so thank you. Grazie molte a Paola, a Sergio, a tutta l'organizzazione, agli sponsor. Sono state sicuramente due settimane molto molto impegnative per voi, ma vi ringrazio perché avete fatto del vostro meglio. And thank you guys, thank you for, uh, for coming out, for supporting throughout the week. Uh, you know, sometimes, sometimes I make you angry, sometimes you make me angry, sometimes uh, I make you happy, sometimes you make me happy. So I'm happy today. I hope you are happy too. Thank you guys. Ha ringraziato chiaramente il pubblico di Roma dicendo alcune volte non è facile con voi, alcune volte vi fate arrabbiare, ma la maggior parte del Daniel Medvedev said he honestly did not think it would happen. And yet here he is with his 20th career trophy, first on a clay court, 20th different city that he has taken a title. After the Australian Open, he was 12 in the world. Now up to number two in the rankings, which Andy is so significant. Jim and Jason talked about it after the match, but now he will be the number two seed at Roland Garros. And Novak Djokovic is, well, the most dangerous floater you'll, you'll ever see. Well, I, I don't know about uh, being a floater if uh, you know you can play, but he, he, he listen, we, the whole time we've been talking about, can we get this Alcaraz-Novak final? Can we get this Alcaraz-Novak final? Well. Medvedev had something to say about it. We, we don't know. Uh, now, now there's every chance that Alcaraz and Novak will be on the same side of the draw. I think Medvedev has put himself into that next tier of contenders, maybe right below uh, Alcaraz and Novak. And uh, listen, to go from 12 after Australia to number two, that is a surge. Going up 10 spots in the hardest 10 spots. Are, I know it's probably like 11 spots, but uh, those 10 spots, he has just gone on an absolute tear on different surfaces, indoors, outdoor surfaces he doesn't like, complains about the surfaces in Indian Wells, complains about how much he hates clay. Basically, we can't believe him when he says he hates something now, because even if he hates something, he still, find a way, still finds a way to be incredibly uh, effective on whatever he's playing on now. He's the third player this century to win both Miami and Rome. Novak Djokovic, Andre Agassi, the other two. And after he won Miami, Yannick Sinner said in his speech, now clay season starts, so let's see how you do there, kind of joking that, that he wasn't mm -hmm. going to do so well. 
now he raises the trophy in Rome. And, well, Yannick Sinner, you know, is, is looking to find his game still as Medvedev pops the bubbly there on center court. Jim, what has Daniil Medvedev done to make himself a contender at Roland Garros now and a man who has won the Italian Open? Well, first of all, let's just consider what a difference a year makes because this time last year he wasn't even in the draw in the Italian Open. He was still on his way back from recovering from a, a, a sports hernia surgery. He would play this week following uh, uh, at the Italian Open and kind of get going again, but he had no clay court season to speak of last year, won a couple rounds in, in Paris. You know, this year he comes into the clay season not only healthy but with as much momentum as you've seen, right, winning all those events in, in February and in March and, and just recapturing his aura and his mystique. And he's rolled in with not a lot of time off. There's only one week between Miami and Monte Carlo. Rolled into there, made the quarterfinals before Holger stopped him. So uh, he's just kind of stayed on a roll. He is, he is an object that is rolling, and the momentum is carrying him through. And the belief systems that he found again, starting in Rotterdam, that were missing in Australia when Sebastian Corda beat him there, those are, are helping him get through in a surface that hasn't always been comfortable for him because the movement, which is such a big part of his package, is a little less stable here. He's so good on the hard court sliding, ironically. Now he's starting to be pretty good at sliding on the clay. Still not great, still not totally natural, but he's a willing participant. And, a, and that's a big part of it is the attitude of acceptance. I'm just going to do my best out here and see how I go as opposed to, uh, you know, just being down on the whole process. That matters. And then you factor in the confidence he carried in, and all of a sudden you have someone who has become a, a second-line contender behind Djokovic and Alcaraz. And as we get to the highlight, a reminder, 0-3 in his life in Rome before this year. Gets all the way to the title match. Beats Stefano Tsitsipas and now takes on the 20-year-old Holger Runa, Jim. Yeah, and Runa had chances early in the first set. He was the first one to have a break point. Didn't get it. And then Medvedev would uh, figure things out at the end. What we did notice early on here was Runa wasn't that willing to, to engage in long, patient rallies. He was looking to get out of points early with drop shots, lots of serves and volleys. But Medvedev was playing as offensive as he could as well. You know, Medvedev more than happy to grind. But as Andy pointed out, the forehand lethality was in full view. And he would get the late break and secure the set here at 6-5. Good deep return. Medvedev takes his court position back up front, and there's the bailout from Runa. Bad drop shot, and uh, he puts it in his pocket. And from there, Andy, it was interesting because Holger got very aggressive early on. Did you think he could sustain it and run it out from there? Yeah, it was weird. It was like he's between two strategies. It was either I'm going full force like he did in this game when he broke. I'm going to try to hit a winner on the first ball, or it's a 40-ball rally. You know, as evidence, he finished this one off. But it was, it, it, it's, it's such a tough thing to do when you're faced with a thing, okay, if I really try to be patient, I'm going to be in, I'm going to be investing 10 or 15 shots in a rally to get the ball that I want. And that's the question that Medvedev continually asks, and it creates peaks and valleys with his opponents. Yes, this would mirror Medvedev's win against Tsitsipas, which was a, a much rain-delayed affair, but it was 7-5, 7-5 for the Russian on match point. The no-call, the overrule, correctly done. And Medvedev, a clay court titleist at last. At last, indeed, and moving up, as we said, to number two in the world, which makes him the number two seed at Roland Garros, followed by Novak Djokovic. Kasparud gets the four seed. Tsitsipas at five. Runa at six. 
So you've got a couple 20-year-olds in the top six in the world. Taylor Fritz there at number nine. Felix Ojeali-Assim rounding out the top ten. And this season, when Daniil Medvedev wins the first set, a perfect 33-0. and Just an absolute closer, Andy. Uh, what, what makes his game able to accomplish something like that? He keeps the ball down. He serves 135, mixes it up a little bit, never gets over his skis with a game plan. You never feel like he's being uh, super erratic. He's happy to kind of stay in the points. I always say he, he's, he's like a, a version of Leighton Hewitt, uh, but he's six foot seven and can serve 140, right? He keeps the ball down. You're always attacking from uncomfortable positions. A couple of things that I want to project forward to as we look forward to his chances at Roland Garros, and I can't even believe we're talking about him being an actual contender, is the movement here is going to be a little bit different than it will be at Roland Garros. The clay in Rome, if you kind of rub it between your fingers, it would feel more like salt between your fingers, whereas Roland Garros feels a little bit more like, like baking powder, right? It's a little finer. It's a little softer. So we're going to see how that movement translates. Also, the ball gets up and away a little bit more at Roland Garros. Rome this week, especially with the wet conditions, the ball stayed down. Good for Medvedev and also good for him against his opponents because his shot profile is making them attack from lower. So those are two questions that I'll be looking for early in Roland Garros. But listen, you know what trumps every single thing in tennis is confidence, and Medvedev has it in buckets right now. I'm curious to get your impressions of the surfaces as well, mm -hmm. from Rome to Roland Garros. Yeah, I agree with Andy. I mean, perfectly said. Like, it's grittier in Rome. It, it feels like you're sliding on, on the, you know, powdered sugar, basically, in, in Paris. And in Paris, the court also is extremely firm, and that's what Andy's also talking about, the firmness of that court. The ball does bounce up higher. That's, that's less good for Medvedev's you know, shot profile as well. But he's going to be confident. It's best of five. He's fit. And the reason I think also that you, know, you ask the question, why is he so good when he wins the first set, is because it's, it's such a mental slog for the players to mm -hmm. try and hit through him point after point. He's used to playing that way. They're not. Mm -hmm. So that, that's a problem that they'll have to figure out and solve. Could it all come crashing down early in Paris? Absolutely. Will we have it for you on Tennis Channel? You bet. We're going <laughs> to look forward to seeing what happens here. But he's made a move this clay court season that I don't think any of us saw coming. He's number one in the race right now overall yeah. and, and looking to be like Jim and win Rome and Roland Garros in the very same year. We will hear more from Daniil Medvedev later on TC Live. Prakash going one-on-one -on -one with the Italian Open champion. So much more straight ahead. We will also take a look at the best of the best from the week in Rome. And how about your champion on the women's side, Elena Rabakina? We will take a look at that match that happened late last night. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back. All roads lead to Rome, but it was a road less traveled for Daniil Medvedev to raise his first ever clay court trophy, 7-5-7-5 over Holger Runa, and he is still celebrating in the Italian capital. Here's Daniil Medvedev with Prakash on court. Danny. Wow, sixth Master Series title, first on clay, 20th title in 20 different cities. <laughs> what, what percentage did you really give yourself of being here at the beginning of the week? I would say 2%, because normally it would be zero, but I was feeling so well before the week that maybe if you would ask me, I would be like, okay, let's make it 2% just to give myself a chance. 
and finally I was playing amazing. Every match I played, I was uh, happy with myself. The only set I kind of started bad was with Zapata Miralles, but I managed to, to play better in the end, and actually maybe maybe third set was maybe the best of the tournament, in my opinion. Uh, just uh, super happy uh, to, to win a Masters uh, Thousand on clay. A miraculous last two matches, the level that you played against Steph and today against Holger, who has been so strong on this surface. Where does this put you in your mind now, moving into Roland Garros? I'm feeling great. You know, uh, it's uh, the best week uh, on clay uh, in my life. It's always great to come into a Grand Slam with a lot of confidence, but you always uh, have strong opponents there. It's out of five sets. Need to be 100%. That's what I'm going to try to do. And uh, yeah, I, I still have not that big expectations in a way, but I know that I can do better than I thought, so that's good. And, and lastly, Daniel, I know this is brilliant for your career, but um, to be able to solve a problem like the clay and turn it into a strength, what does that do for you as a person? I, I'm just happy. I'm just happy because, you know, I never thought I would be able to do it. Uh, when I say to be able to do it, to win some matches, yes. To maybe be in semis with a good draw or some good days, yes. But I, I never thought I would win a Master 1000 on clay. Uh, and I'm just uh, super happy and proud of myself. Remarkable stuff, my man. Well Thanks. done. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Anything is possible. As Daniil Medvedev proved, Prakash, great job. You and Danny all tournament long in Rome. We will see you in Paris. 2% chance. That, that's, some, that's some healthy milk that uh, Daniil Medvedev. Power of low expectations. <laughs> <Right>. right? <laughs> And how about this? So, some happy memories at 20 different cities across the world. Daniil Medved, 20 titles in 20 different cities. Now Rome, a place that uh, he can always go back to and like, ah, raise the trophy there. Good there. times, good pasta. I was there. What about that hardcore specialist merch that's coming out here? You might have to amend that with a little asterisk. Also clay <laughs> at times. <laughs> Also grass, also clay at times. <laughs> One apiece. Well, the women's final in Rome was played late last night, Andy. 11 p.m. local time start. That was after numerous rain delays. But Elena Rabakin actually said because of her allergies, the rain has been good for her. Taking on Angelina Kalinina. Yeah, it was nice of the, the weather to agree with her allergies. But Rabakina, similar to Medvedev, the question, there was a huge question mark on this surface. Uh, a bit of an unknown as far as her resume goes. And she came out, serve big, and goes big to the corners and gives you no breathing room. Steps in right there, as we can see on that return, and just takes the racket out of your hands. And uh, Kalinina uh, couldn't go anymore. Coming off of the heel, a back-to-back three-plus matches. Legs not there. Uh, right here, we see emotional, making the decision to shut it down, get ready for Roland Garros. Uh, tough finish for her, but... What a week, and what a week for Rabakina getting her second Masters 1000 uh, of this year. Yeah, Rabakina, first player to win two 1000 titles in 2023, and she joins Monica Seles and Maria Sharapova as the only other players in the Open era to reach the finals at the Australian Open, Indian Wells, Miami, and Rome in the very same season. We've got a new big three on the WTA with Iga Sviantek. Elena Rabakina and Arena Sabalenka, they've won the last four major titles, as you saw there. They won the three lead-up clay court titles yeah. heading into Roland Garros. So it is time for a little segment we like to call Quick Hands Questions, as all the major lead-ups are done heading into Roland Garros. Oh, okay. You know, volleys, little, gotcha. little quick hands okay. action. Uh, first question, Andy. Which field feels more open to you, the men's field or the women's field heading into Roland Garros? 
I, I weirdly think that the, the men's field feels a little bit more open. Uh, obviously, Rafa Nadal not there for the first time ever, so you can't just say, hey, it's Rafa's tournament, he's going to win. We have two clear favorites, but the, the tail on the next group seems to be growing every day, especially with Medvedev uh, playing well here. With the, the women's side, you feel like there are three clear, clear favorites with Rubaka, Sabalenka, and, and Sviantec. So uh, they're both pretty wide open, but I think the men maybe slightly more this year. Yeah, the questions around Sviantec's health, I, I think, linger, and hopefully we'll get good confirmation when she does her pre-tournament press conference in Roland Garros that she's healthy. If she is, then she's the biggest favorite in either draw, right? Because I think you can put Novak and, and Carlos probably on the same line, but I think Iga deserves to be elevated, certainly on this surface, and uh, we'll see if, if she has the help to match, Steve. Andy, who is the most dangerous unseated player to face in an early round, men's or women's? Well, this guy's one of the streakiest guys on tour. You don't see him for six months, and then bang, he either hits you in the mouth with the semifinal appearance in Australia or qualifies and makes the semis of, of Madrid. I'm talking about Aslan Karatsev and his calves, Steve. But, I mean, there are so many... Uh, players i'm looking at the list and the list goes on and on it's been such a fascinating uh lead up to the french open with you know unseated players lucky losers qualifiers making deep runs in these events so uh you know it, it, it i got karatsev but there are many to choose from who do you have jim i'll go with dushan lajevic who won the the event in uh, bosnia beating djokovic en route to that title he started working with the with a, a mental coach to help him through some uh, some off-court issues he'd been carrying and he's a guy who's got a glorious backhand. He loves the clay, good mover, and he's coming into kind of his prime at 31 years or 32 years old. Uh, I think he could do some damage to Those are great picks. On the women's side, you could have Alina Svitolina, who's made three quarterfinals there. Sloane Stevens, yeah. former finalist, may Sloan's not be seated. always dangerous on the dirt. Bianca Andreescu, another major champion that won't good be calls. seated. Good calls all. Dangerous, dangerous floaters down there for the unseated players. As for the Americans, Jim, I'm going to start with you here. Yep. Which American man and woman can make the deepest run? Ooh, um, look, I, I feel like Coco certainly deserves to be in that discussion given her run there last year. You know, obviously she's having some, some difficulties in the singles court right now that hopefully she can solve in Paris. The doubles court has been a, a safe harbor for her to, to keep confident, uh, and hopefully that will give her another good run in Paris. How about uh, a former junior champion there on the men's side? Tommy Paul hasn't had the best run up, but he's very good on the clay, very natural at sliding on that surface typically. Um, you know, perhaps he can uh, he can do it, but there's a lot to choose from. You know, I mean, I love the way Taylor's competing. Tiafo is always uh, electric. Andy, who you got? Yeah, I think Fritz is our most reliable choice right now. Obviously, played great in Monte Carlo, made the semis, had a couple of uh, huge wins uh, along the way there. Uh, Tommy Paul fluent in movement. Seb Corda slides very naturally uh, on the clay, but he hasn't really had much of a run-up, has been struggling a little bit to gift matches. But as I was thinking through this on the American women's side, I'm looking down, I'm going, wait a minute. We have three players who are active who have been in the finals of this slam with Coco Golf, Sophia Kennan with the big win over yep. Arena Sabalenka. Uh, Sloane Stevens made the finals. Madison Keys made, has made a semifinal at Roland Garros. And all of those are not the most reliable pick that we have week in and week out, and that's Jess Pagula. So uh, American women have a, a fair amount of upside. It's going to be fun to watch. A lot of options, a lot of options. Yeah. Uh, from a fan perspective, what's an exciting matchup that you would love to see, Jim, at Roland Garros? That one, that no, one. Mitch, maybe a semifinal, maybe a final. Do you want me to say it? <laughs> I did. <laughs> Djokovic and Alcaraz. I mean, we've been hoping to see that contest. They haven't played since Madrid last year, um, and uh, hopefully we can get them in, on the same court together at some stage here. Roland Garros would be ideal. 
Um, but, you know, anytime, anywhere, I'm up for it. Andy? Yeah, I, I think one of the ones that's been really fun to watch in the lead-up is uh, Sviatek and, and, and Sabalenka. Obviously played a, a great final in Germany, and then Sabalenka flipped the script in, in Madrid where the conditions favor her a little bit more. And that was largely the conversation coming into Rome because we just figured Rabakina would be more of a force, obviously, on the grass, maybe on some faster hard course later in the year. But she inserted herself, wedged herself right into that conversation. But I've really enjoyed the, the, the X's and O's matchup of Sviatek and Sabalenka as well. Yeah, it's been a great one, and, and hopefully we'll, we'll get that, that Djokovic-Alcaraz. We'll see. We'll you see if it know. happens. Uh, th there's only two active men in the draw that have won Roland Garros before, Stan Wawrinka and Novak Djokovic. And then on the women's side, there's, there's plenty of them. Iga Sviantec, yeah. the defending champion. Will we have a first-time champion at Roland Garros this year? I think it's a, it's a better chance than ever with Nadal out of the field. <laughs> um, certainly, I, I think there's a, there's a pretty good chance on the men's side because you're basically betting on Djokovic. Stan has come back and, and has played nicely at times, but I don't think even he considers himself a threat to win this title again. It'd be great to see him make a second-week run. But Djokovic certainly has every reason to believe that he can lift that trophy again, but there's a lot of opportunity out there. Yeah, I mean, I think that's right. You, you basically, no disrespect to Stan Wawrinka because first-time Hall of Famer has been an unbelievable uh, player but hasn't been at the business end of these events for, for a minute now. So what we're basically asking is, is it Novak Djokovic or the field? At this point, as great as Novak is, this is his worst surface. And by worst surface, I mean he's won the French Open a couple times, won Rome six times, uh, has an <laughs> over 80% win rate in his career. So he is uh, obviously uh, amazing. But this is his most vulnerable surface, we'll call it. So. I would take the field against Novak at this point. All right, so you take the field against Novak Djokovic. We are asking Iga Sviantek or the field on the women's side. Andy, who do you have there? Gosh, I, I think the field right now, only because of this Rabakina move here, I think her game actually might get a little bit better, Roland Garros. I, I, I just have said it ad nauseum this week, but her serve is so good. Hits all four corners. Her slice actually cuts away. Uh, as, it, as it's going past you. Uh, for her, it's just a matter of getting confidence on this service. Again, like a Medvedev, not the most natural mover on this service. I'm curious to see how the movement translates from Rome to Roland Garros, but I, I think I would take the field only because of my belief in Sabalenka and Rabakina, but it's a tough one. It's a good thing that, that as credential holders at Roland Garros, Steve, we're subject to uh, tennis integrities. You know, we're not allowed to gamble because I don't know where I would go with this. Yeah. Honestly, my, yeah. my gut says that I would take Iga, but I wouldn't sleep well at night, um, certainly on that one, uh, or anyone for, for that matter. So we're not allowed to gamble as credentialed uh, folks, so that's probably a good thing for us. We can advise the gamblers, though. Let them is that, know our... Is that what we're supposedly doing here? Yeah, you're, you're giving your expert opinions. Oh, oh okay. And we're not there yet, so I you can do whatever you want right now. We're making bad television. <laughs> we're making great television here, Jim. You are. <laughs> one, of, one of us is. We're one week away from Paris, everybody. It's going to be right here on Tennis Channel next Sunday. TC Live on Saturday, a preview show. But we've got more still to come. We've got the best of the best. We've got a dance-off. Who did it best? Steph... Or Medi, Andy's going to tell you next.
Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Oh, there it is. Cannot wait. Just one week from today, the Grand Slam excitement from the red clay in Paris returns. Tennis Channel proud to once again bring you daily live coverage of Roland Garros. Don't miss any of the action beginning Sunday, May 28th, with a TC Live preview show on Saturday, May 27th. Steve Weissman back with you here on TC Live. Jim and Andy will return in a moment. But first, to celebrate and support small businesses throughout the Small Business Month of May, Tennis Channel has partnered with Intuit QuickBooks to serve up some female-owned small businesses here in Southern California. Monica Puig has the story of the Gourmandise School here in Santa Monica. I've dreamed about opening a business like this for most of my adult life. Intuit QuickBooks is serving up small business success. When I was playing on tour and I had some downtime, there were two things that I needed, a good book and a latte. Fortunately, Village Well right here in Culver City, California, is a small woman-owned business that specializes in books and coffee. Tell me a little bit about your idea in this beautiful space. I wanted to have a community space where people could feel comfortable and welcome and make connections with new friends or old friends. And books and coffee are two things that I love, so I ended up building it around those things. What I got that's so great is just this beautiful aesthetic. I had really great designers working with me to build it. As an ex-professional tennis player, there were a lot of challenges in my career. How do you face those challenges as being a new small business? It's always a whole variety of small, medium, and large-sized challenges. It's really about rolling with the punches. As long as things are basically going well, it's a, it's a fun way to spend it's a day. Good day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And how has QuickBooks helped your business? We have two main businesses here, the cafe and the bookstore, and then we have events, which is like another third business line. QuickBooks helps me organize and analyze the, the expenses. I look at the numbers, and the numbers tell the story. How are we in line with our expenses compared to where we should be? How has having QuickBooks helped free up your time? I don't have a lot of time. So with QuickBooks, I just can look at the reports and it just frees me up to do all the other things that I, that I need to do. Tell me a little bit you know, about how you feel seeing your business flourish. To see it exist is the most satisfying thing, just having built this community where people can make all these deep and interesting, important connections that help us like, live our lives with joy. Great stuff, Monica, and great job all week here in Rome. As we enter the social net, Andy Murray will not be competing at Roland Garros this year, despite playing five lead-up events on clay, including winning the title in Aix-en-Provence. The three-time major champ withdrew from the year's second major. Jim, what's your reaction to that? Uh, he did his job. He, he stayed competitive during the clay court season, has kept his body healthy, got a few match wins at the challenger level, and now he'll turn his sights to where he's really aiming, and that's the grass court season. Right move.
Yeah, yeah, it, it seems like it's a head scratch until you actually think about it for about five seconds. Uh, kept his body there, got a bunch of reps, and now it's time to turn the page, get a quicker bounce, focus. I, I wouldn't be shocked if we saw him enter uh, a challenger before before Queens Club, uh, get some reps on grass at this point. Wimbledon is by far his best shot of making that last deep run uh, at a major. And I think this is the right move to give him uh, himself every chance to uh, have the proper preparation going in. I was surprised for five seconds. And then I recalled you and Jim telling me for the past two weeks, like he, he shouldn't play Roland Garros. He should just focus on the grass. And I was like, all right, it, it all makes sense to me, I suppose. Uh, if you can't get to Paris for Roland Garros, this is the next best thing. Six glittering pools on a luxury hotel rooftop with a 143-foot television screen showing Tennis Channel's coverage, Jim. It is the Circa Resort and Casino Stadium Swim. They call it the best outdoor aqua theater in the country. I mean, Vegas used to be a place you wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole in the summertime. But now with the pools and all the entertainment, the amazing food, hey, you might even run into Andre and Steffi. Who knows? But you get a chance to watch Roland Garros in a comfortable setting, tip your toes in the water, and watch the red clay. It's perfect. I love how we define things like this is the the largest aqua television like those are things that you see every day like that's an actual category unto its own aqua theater yeah drink bet swim and watch Roland Garros on tennis channel uh, that's the life right there if I wasn't in Paris I'd be in Vegas that's for sure uh, we got to take you back to the dance wars between Stefano Tsitsipas and Daniil Medvedev this was Steph after defeating Medvedev in Cincinnati last year Andy uh, how do you rate this dance this was a little bit more serious. This felt like he was actually trying. Like he had a, the good, the good overbite, which a lot of us do uh, sometimes, uh, embarrassingly. And you can just tell that Medvedev has been thinking about this rebuttal since last August when he <laughs> he did his thing afterwards. I didn't know what I was watching. Uh, when, there's the there's the good overbite that oh, a yeah. lot of us know. A lot of people, a lot of people in Ohio know that overbite, uh, mm. including uh, my relatives there. But. He, he kind of got into it a little bit. I'm glad we I'm glad we waited for the slow mo and really slow rolled the Medvedev uh, rebuttal to this. I'd like to you know really zone in on that, get a little shimmy. The arms are moving in the same motion as, as the shoulders. Good shoulder movement, but Medvedev gets my call because this is he's like the master of shade, right? Doesn't talk too much, doesn't get into these little spats, but just do little things. Doesn't even make eye contact. But this is mockery of what Steph did to him in Cincinnati last year in no uncertain terms. And, and he didn't have to wait to think about the fact that he was going to do yep. it. You know, it felt to me like Tsitsipas was, was really sort of spur of the moment. He's like, oh, can you believe it? And they just threw in a little dance. The ball wasn't even out. Medvedev was already getting into his dance move right here. Like, he's already got his arms going. I don't know what this <laughs> is. Is it a hula hoop? I, I'm not really. Is it a twist? But mockery is probably the best way to describe it. I think Andy nailed it. I was waiting for him yeah. at the net to be like, you got served. <laughs> let, let, let's, yeah. hear, let's hear from Medvedev after the match about, <laughs> about these moves specifically. When you do it, it's like being in the club uh, completely drunk. <laughs> well, you, when, when you're dancing, and I have a lot of friends like this, you feel like you are the god of the dance ball. But then when they show you the video, you know it was not, uh, not the thing. So I don't know how, how did it go. The, the god of the dance pole. <laughs> what a legend. All right, we're going side by side, Jim. Yeah, look, I'm giving execution to Tsitsipas. I'm giving intent to Medvedev, quite simply. 
I, I just here's what here's here's what I think. After seeing their dance moves awkwardly and repeatedly during this segment, the best thing I can say about their dance moves is that they're both great tennis players. Fair point. Fair point. Steve, I feel you like got you, you've got to go Medvedev. You got to go Medvedev. I there think so for me, too. It was longer, right? It was a little more choreographed, and it didn't have the from Ohio all the way to Athens overbite. I don't yeah. know. I, I could see a lineup of dancers doing the Tsitsipas dance and pulling it off in like a music video. I'm not so sure you see Medvedev's oh. anywhere but YouTube. No, you're, you're, you're wrong. You've never been to a Roddick family reunion. We have that Medvedev all of all, all, all the lineup. All, all of okay. us. That's our move. That's yeah, your that, move? No, that's easy. That's, that's easy for me to imagine. I've seen it. Is, is that sober or, as Medvedev says, completely drunk? What are we doing, by the way? We, we, I mean, we can do both. We can do both. Where's Paula Abdul when we need her to come in and actually like, <laughs> drop her? She's the one who needs to determine what's going on here. She's the expert, not us. Straight up now, tell me. Come on. <laughs> her or J-Lo. I mean, so if they're watching TC Live right now, yeah, just tweet us. Just you know, send a smoke signal, something. Sitsipas <laughs> Medvedev. It's a rivalry that just keeps on giving. When we come back, best of the best from the week in Rome. Jim and Andy, countdown from five to one. Courier Roddick Weissman back on TC Live. They have made the Italian Open a full two weeks, but our crack edit team here at Tennis Channel still only has five plays in the best of the best, Jim. We start with five. Zheng Qinwen against Wang Ziyu. Zheng in the near court, scrambling defense. Yeah, I mean, if you want to pick a dark horse, by the way, for Roland Garros, look no further than this young lady in yellow. She is a strong mover. She's got strong uh, ground strokes off of both wings. And, I mean, she tracks this thing down and cracks it. Loving what I'm seeing from her. She's going to be in the top ten pretty soon, I think. Color Queen Wen, an absolute royalty on the red dirt, gets it done at number five. At number four, how about Yannick Sinner, far court against Francisco Sorundolo, Andy? Yeah, he's been sick the last couple of weeks before Rome, and this back end was pretty sick, too. Full stretch here, hitting it from the first row and threads the needle with interest, Steve, and then says, listen, I'm Italian, you're Italian, why don't you cheer for me when I do something like this? Might even be better the second time. Look at that. Not much space, but he finds it. Yannick Center, a top 10 seed at Roland Garros. Can he make a run? Try to get his first major title. Yelena Ostapenko, she, she's been given, given a lot of highlights with, with her facial reactions and on the court, Jim. She's been given a lot of bagels out, too, in the run up here. The former champion at Roland Garros against Paula Badoza. Badoza on the way back to her form, but not able to find enough space to get it past Yelena on the dead run. The backhand winner, great court coverage. Another one to watch at Roland Garros. Yeah, took that title six years ago. Always a threat. If she's on, there's nothing you can do to stop Alona Ostapenko. Just keeps giving the memes for days. At number two, <laughs> our guy Daniil Medvedev taking on Yannick Humpfman in the quarterfinals, Andy. I've called this highlight, I think, 17 times this At week, least. and I'm still, I'm still into it, Steve. 
Listen, at this point, we didn't know this guy was going to win the tournament. We knew he was on a run. We knew he was going to be in the semis most likely. But we also knew this guy's six foot seven. It needs to be said again over and over. And then the late flip up the line, the racket work, the movement, the victory in Rome. We did the Hawkeye on that. He ran 50 yards, half a football field in that point. At number one, Jim, Matteo Alnardi, New York Court against Diego Schwartzman. This yeah. was from the first round. Yeah, I mean, how often is the, the hot shot of the week a point that gets lost? That's what happens here because Alnardi <laughs> wasn't able to handle the last shot. But how about the tweener after the court coverage? Schwartzman making him go through the paces. Great coverage from the Argentine as well at that was sweetness the angle outrageous but Diego says not so fast my friend I got it covered still a lot of heat coming out of that one I've never seen that before top play lost the point Maybe that's what we do we point things out Steve best of the best yes <laughs> we try uh, here is the upcoming schedule we got a week of events leading into Roland Garros the men already started today Geneva Lyon Qualies and the women in Strasbourg and Rabat. Of course, we got you covered all week long on Tennis Channel, T2, and TC+. We got second serve going on this week on T2 as well. And, of course, it all leads up to Roland Garros. Speaking of those events this week, last year at this time, Ben Shelton was playing the NCAA Championships for Florida. Now he's about to be seated at RG, last warm-up event, facing former Roland Garros semifinalist Andy Marco Cecchinato. Yeah, I mean, the athleticism of Ben Shelton uh, has never been in question. I feel like he, he's in a contention for a hot shot uh, every week now. And every week is also a pretty extreme learning curve for Ben Shelton. Came over here early. Uh, obviously, Chechenato, uh, it's former semifinalist at Roland Garros. But Ben still kind of figuring out how to problem-solve matches. Shot selection, a bit of an issue. Kind of overcooked a bunch uh, on the aggressive side today. Didn't get the result he wanted, but I like what he tried to do during this play court season. Shelton made nearly 90% of his first serves in the final set, but only won half of them. He'll head to Paris now, get ready for his first Roland Garros. Some other scores. Alina Svitolina gets her first tour-level victory on the WTA since coming off maternity leave. Straight sets. Anything else uh, stand out to you, Jim? We got Big Banks with yeah, a nice win. We got, we got to watch the first set of Chris Eubanks' win over Benoit Pair. That was nice. Now he gets uh, Alexander Zverev in the second round, so an opportunity for Banks. That's his first ever match at tour level on clay, and he gets the win over Benoit Pair. Jack Draper, another talented player from Great Britain, the big lefty, able to serve his way through over Muller, two and three. Some names to watch for sure. One more time, we head back to Rome and check in with our friends Danny and Prakash. All right, Steve, back at our FanDuel desk. P, Roland Garros, just a week away. We got some of these 250 events as a nice little warm-up for yeah. players. Who do you have your eye on that's in action this week? Well, it's a great opportunity for a, a lot of players to be able to pick up points here. Uh, Sasha Zverev, got my eye on him. He just hasn't quite found it yet, and even in his press conference, it seemed really low down on himself, and he's got a lot of points coming up at the French, so want to see how, how he performs this week. And um, interesting to see Kaspar Ruud in there. I thought after playing so well here in Rome, he might take a week off, you know, one of the contenders, possibly after making the final last year, but I guess kind of shows where his mind's at. Maybe a little worried about all those points coming up. Trying to pick up some. Absolutely. Well, Sasha Zverev, you mentioned it. Our very own Tennis Channel's Chris Eubanks will take on Sasha Zverev yeah. in the next round at that 250. But great stuff. And look, a week away from Roland Garros. How could you not be excited? 
All right, great stuff. All tournament long. Danny and, and Prakash, the sun was finally out for them. It, nice. it was sideways rain coming in today. Yeah. I mean, uh, first of all, how about a, a, a golf clap for all the tournament officials and certainly the people managing mm -hmm. the court conditions, the tarps. They put in uh, just overtime after overtime hours to get that tournament done. That, that's the biggest upset of the week, the fact that this tournament ended on Sunday. Amazing, actually, mm -hmm. given the weather. Absolutely. Andy, a final thoughts wrapping up Rome and then, of course, looking ahead to Roland Garros. A lot of storylines, and the storylines are changing every single week. We have two new contenders that have uh, inserted themselves into the conversation with Rabakina and Daniil Medvedev, people that we know pretty well, we know can perform on a major level, not necessarily, uh, we, we didn't necessarily know that they could perform uh, on the clay, but I'll tell you what, I'm going to kick my feet up. Jim, you need to get some sleep. I can't wait to watch you all and all the coverage from Paris. I'm excited. Good luck. Safe Thanks, travels. Andy. You guys I'm, rock. I'm leaving right now. I got to catch a plane. I'll see, <laughs> see you guys later. Bye now. Take care, Steve. Hey, so I'll see you in Paris, Jim. Look, right. look, look forward to that, Andy. It's been a fantastic week as we take a look at our champions. Elena Rabakina getting it done in Rome. Special stuff for her. What, what a year it has been for Rabakina. Daniil Medvedev said he didn't think it was going to happen. 2% chance start of the week. He's your champ at the Italian Open. Next stop is Paris one week from today. For Andy Roddick, Jim Courier, our entire team, I'm Steve Weissman. So long for now. We will see you in France.